Hey guys, it's Stogie here. Before we get started, I want to thank you guys very much for tuning in and listening to the podcast. I want you to do me a favor. If you haven't already yet, please click follow, subscribe to the channel either on iTunes or Spotify. Hit that notification bell so you know in real time when I put up another podcast. I just want you all to be here with me. I can't thank you enough. If you haven't yet already, please share this podcast with your friends. If you know anybody that can get some use out of it, pass it on to them. They're real easy to share. So thank you very much. I truly appreciate it. And without further ado, let's get started. I'm interested in making ends opposed to making friends. Double bangs. I've been paranoid. I've been the safest sex. I'll take the check. Finishing his drink should only take a sec. But Mark just cut me off. He told me that I go on stage in 10. Walk out to my own shit on the main event. Vinci my cologne after the show. She told me that shit was a favorite sin. Sprint advantage spacious. We can take your friends. What happened next? You can take a guess. Welcome back to another episode of Stogie from the Road. I am your host, Stogie. Now out on the road. As usual now. That's the new thing now. I'm at home in my studio, which, in my opinion, turns out a better product. So, how are you guys? How is everybody doing today? Are you out there doing the damn thing, like I always say? Are you out there trucking? Getting messages from my buddies that are out there getting their ass whipped with brokers and traffic, mechanical breakdowns, and the never-ending supply of bullshit that comes along with trucking how are you holding up are you hanging in there i hope you are been thinking about you you guys since uh since i've been home i miss you sometimes i uh i pine for the road because it's an adjustment you know the better part of four four years and some change of being home for a little while and then hitting the road um i kind of look back in retrospect of you know the times i would be home and it was so hard to leave It was just so, so, so hard to leave. And then I would get in the truck and I would settle into it, put it in gear, leave the truck stop, get on the the ramp. And as soon as I'd hit the highway, I'm like, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I'm good at this. This is my thing. And that would last about a day, day and a half. And then then it would hit me again. I'm not going to see my wife for a month, two months. I'm not going to see normality and all that. Well, now I'm in this adjustment period now to where I'm home and it's, everything's fucking weird, you know? And and it's not weird as in a bad thing, but it's weird like pulling into a parking lot to go to get something to eat on my, on my Harley. I'm like, I can get in and park anywhere. I can have the best parking on the planet. Fuck, I'll park on the sidewalk. Um, it, it's... It's kind of like watching Netflix. You've got every choice under the sun, and you don't know what to choose. Um, Almost like a paralysis by over-analysis. I have this huge laundry list of things that I have to achieve, and I I literally have to write them down. I have to write down my goals and my objectives and my plan for the day and how I'm going to start my day and how I'm going to end my day. And it's like, shit. You know, um, being a truck driver is, I don't want to say it's one dimensional because you're dealing with all different kinds of variables, whether it's weather, weather, mechanical issues, shippers, receivers, scheduling, things like that. But once you're trucking, you're trucking, you're pushing it forward and that's it. Um, 
now I'm, I'm adjusting with all these different social interactions. I'm in sales. So I'm dealing with people. Um, it's, that's a whole different challenge right there too. Um, I was walking across the sales floor, went and grabbed a cup of coffee out of the, uh, the lounge area. I was taking it back to the sales room, uh, getting ready to send out some emails and make some calls. And I got my fucking ass chewed for being on the floor with a cup of coffee. One, I'm a grown ass man. If I want a fucking cup of coffee, I'm going to get a fucking cup of coffee. And number two, I'm a grown ass man. If I want a cup of coffee, I want a cup of coffee. It's like, what the fuck? I forgot it was like this. You know, um, I know my resume and I know where I've been. I know what I've done. And now dealing with people, I had to fight the urge of saying, don't, don't look at me like I just fell off the fucking turnip wagon. I've been doing this for a very, very long time. I remember a time when I, when my ex-wife was first pregnant with our very first child together. I mean, I worked two jobs, um, sometimes three actually. Uh, I worked for Chemlon selling lawn care and lawn maintenance. And I worked at Applebee's as a waiter. And then I filled in extra time with being a door-to-door salesman, walking around the city of St. Louis in a freaking suit selling kitchen appliances and utensils and shit. It was, I mean, it was that old school sales grind, you know, telemarketing and just sales uh scripts and shit like that and and now being back into it it's like you know this is old hat but you have to tell people hey i'm i'm not i didn't just fall out of a truck and never talk to somebody before so it's just this whole conglomeration of new um challenges and adaptations to normality that most people that aren't in trucking never have to deal with and it's that evolution. And I think this is honestly, I can see why people, you know, they drive for a while. Sorry, I'm lighting a cigar. Uh, they drive for a while, then they get out of the truck, and then six months later, they're back in the truck again asking for their job back. I could totally see why. But I've also had enough careers in my life to know that no matter what job you go to, it's, it's challenging. There's always a level of suck. There's always a level of how the hell am I going to do this? You're going to walk out of one job and you're going to be completely free of that bullshit and you're going to go into another menu full of bullshit that you have to eat, that you have no choice on. It's uh, that grass is always greener on the other side of the fence bullshit. Um, so yeah, it's coming to grips with that. But the the thing that supersedes that is the the obligation and commitment I have to evolving into a better version of me. And that's what I want to talk about today because hands down, I am fully capable and willing to start talking about what trucking did to me. Trucking, what trucking did to me is caused, and it's my own fault because I'm the one who's in charge of me, um, but trucking lends itself to this. Trucking caused me to initiate a de-evolution of who I was, okay? Um, I came from the cigar industry. It was all about the watches and the fashion and the, you know, looking top-notch at all times. And I watched myself devolve into being okay with going three, four, five, six, and sometimes more days without a shower because you got to get the load there. 
Nothing else exists in trucking other than getting that load there. When it comes to a list of priorities on who you are as a person, you rank well behind the urgency of that load. And it's very frustrating because once that load is done, there's no, hey, boys, good job, take a break type of shit. It's your government-regulated break that sometimes you're not going to get because dispatch is going to not ask you but tell you to run on recap. So it's go, go, go. I mean, I think the longest I went on recap was five and a half weeks. That's five and a half weeks without a break. That's five and a half weeks without being able to confidently say, I'm going to take a shower and take some time for me today. And what that does is that you get into this habit of there's no growth here. There's no growth intellectually. There's no growth spiritually. There's no growth emotionally. There's no growth physically. You're not taking care of yourself. You're not exercising. You're not eating right. You're just go, 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 go. And trucking causes you to devolve. You know, and there was some really hard truths because after sitting down and talking to my wife, and we're still going through it and talking to her, she's like, you turned into a barbarian. You absolutely turned into a barbarian. You you were a horrible person to talk to, a horrible person to be around. I watched a YouTube video that we did and when she went on the road with me to the uh, Mid-America Truck Show and I saw her in the passenger seat. She was laughing and joking with me and I'm looking forward and somebody, I believe, pulled out in front of me or did something stupid. And I literally, the dynamic between us, I looked like the quintessential grumpy, fat-ass piece of shit trucker with this sweet, demure wife next to me, trying to make me happy that was falling on deaf ears. Now, after being out off the road for almost a month now, um, total, I mean, I had that run to take the truck back, but being back into normal civilization and society now, there was a truck driver that came up to the dealership the other day and he was sitting down and I wound up saying, ah, he's a truck driver. I saw him pull in his rig, he bought a bike and <laughs> things like that. And uh, I wound up talking to him. Immediately regretted it. Negative, grumpy, arms folded, shitty, bitched, was insulting. You know, I'm a truck driver. You ain't nothing but a fucking salesman. I ain't trying to buy no... I'm just like, buddy, I'm just trying to talk to you. I'm just trying to reach a common bond with you here. Take it easy. You know, and it's a struggle, guys. It's a struggle to fight those old behaviors and fight all that stuff. The different levels of addiction that that we as men all need to start being honest with ourselves about when we're out on the road and we're doing it all under the justification of survival, you know, from addiction to food, addiction to drinking, addiction to pornography, addiction to sex, uh, addiction to uh, anger and rage and addiction to gossiping. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We could sit here and lie to each other all day long and joke about it all day long and, and talk about all the bullshit that we do on the road and justify it and wrap it up in nice little bows and wrapping paper and call it a fucking present. But at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're not growing for the better. You know, there's growth of muscle tissue, there's growth of intellectual capacity, but there's also growth of a tumor, there's a growth of an infection, there's a growth, growth is not always a good thing, and I was growing in the wrong direction, 
So I keep that in mind to where when I'm out here and somebody bitches at me about a cup of coffee, I'm like, oh, fuck this shit. I can get back in the damn truck and have a gosh damn cup of coffee whenever I fucking want to. And then what comes along with it? Zero accountability. Nobody standing before me saying, hey, you're doing this wrong. You know, when you're standing there with your arms folded or your hands in your pocket, you're telling a person that you're not interested in there and what they have to say. You know? I really have to fight when my wife is telling me about her day and, and things like that. I know, I know I have to be present. I know I have to show interest. But I got so completely addicted to being wrapped up in myself that when I would come home, I'd be wrapped up in myself. You know, you're, you're in that truck and you're taking care of yourself. You're feeding yourself. You're... You know, you're doing all that type of stuff. Wow, that is a very loud airplane. Excuse me, folks. I'm leaving that in there. Um, you, you get completely wrapped up into yourself. When you come home, you think nothing of being a complacent fuckhead to your spouse. You know? So, no, I mean, as, as difficult as this is, I'm not getting back in the truck. You know, if I do get back in the truck for any reason, it'll be for something local, but I'll never do OTR again um, because I need that accountability. What, what causes a good relationship and makes a good relationship work is you avoid the parent-child dynamic. One person can't be the parent while you're the child. But you do have to have that accountability factor. You do have to be with somebody that's going to call you on your bullshit. Okay, before I became a truck driver, I was very open for the most part to criticism. But after I became a truck driver, it was, who the fuck are you to talk to me like that? I'm better than you because you get to go home every night and I'm the one who's missing holidays every fucking year. I'm the one sacrificing. I'm the one dealing with getting break checked. I'm the one dealing with bullshit and shippers and receivers and brokers and all that shit. And you don't have to deal with any of that. You get to go home every night. No, they go home every night, they get held accountable by society and their wives or their husbands and it's all, it's all ice cream folks, it's just a different flavor. So this evolution of me, you know, up till recently before it was admitting that I was wrong, admitting that I've made mistakes and, and things like that, it has been a daily peeling away of layers of this this crust that has that has covered me as a person you know um, my wife is a God-fearing woman never misses church and if she misses church it's, it's, it's for me you know she works at a hospital in hospice right and before she starts her shift typically she'll either go into the chapel and pray for the people that she's going to care for or she'll pray with the people um, as they take their last breath. We were sitting at a table one day when I came home, and I was getting ready to come home for good. And I asked her, she's telling me about, yeah, we had three people die last night, and you know, she took care of a, a living relic, which was a woman that um, survived a concentration camp. She saw the tattoo on her arm. And no man was allowed to care for this woman. So you can only imagine the horrors that this woman carried with her. 
So my wife is telling me all this stuff and talking about, you know, not giving any personal information, but just talking about, you know, her job, what she has to do. And I just looked at her. I'm like, how do you do this? It's just, it's so negative. It's such a dark thing. How do you deal with death? Because death is such a huge concept to wrap your brain around. Um, the concept of never, the concept of lights out, the concept of nobody has firsthand knowledge of what happens after your eyes go shut and, and you leave this earth, right? Um, I said, how do you do this? And she looked up and smiled at me with like a childlike quality. That's what I love about my wife. She's very childlike. She's maintained that, that level of innocence. And she goes, honey, I love it. I get to work in heaven's waiting room. And it just was like, God, you're so much better of a person than I am. And I'm a fortunate person to have her in my life because I am so incredibly damaged and flawed from the merciless beatings that I received as a child during my imprinting years that taught me the trait of lie to the best of your abilities to avoid the belt, the beating, the bruises, the broken arm. Lie. Whatever you do, channel your best actor to get out of it. To being locked up and seeing the horrors of incarceration and the animal factories that we call prisons all the way to this de-evolution of me behind the wheel of a Peterbilt it's this sliding down the hill down into this muddy filthy rotten ditch and now I'm tasked with do I stay here and rot and watch her walk away into paradise without me, my wife? The one I took her hands in the eyes of God? Or do I muster up my last little bit of strength and pull myself out of this ditch, drag myself up this muddy, filthy, rock-covered hill and earn my way into paradise with her? We have to, as men, be honest with ourselves. We have to. We can lie all day long about who we are and what we do. We can dress it up any way you want to justify your actions. And you will get away with it for a very, very long time. But eventually you'll hit a chapter in your life where your hateful rhetoric, your piss-poor behavior, your gossiping, your lying, your deceit, and all that stuff will all come to this big crescendo 
this big 4th of July fireworks display of the dismantling and the de-evolution of your life. And as you sit in your own filth and you have the rubble of your life and your marriage is in the toilet and your relationships are all superficial at best or non-existent, you have that fork in the road of, do I fix this? Do I do the hard work? Have the absolute honesty with myself? Lock myself away from all the bullshit and do the real work? Or do I continue on and then walk out of this world as a person nobody wanted to know? It's a crossroads. And that's where I'm at. I told you guys months ago, I'm going to document this journey. And if you go through the podcast, they'll be up, they'll be down. I'll be confident, I'll be cocky, then I'll be back down again. That's what this journey feels like. The moment you feel like you've got it figured out, the moment you feel like you know everything and you're like, okay, this is, this is the key to happiness. This is the key to moving forward. This is going to be my path that I'm going to take. Then you're going to realize, hey, I left half the shit I need on this journey back a mile back. And then you go backwards and then you try again. And then you get up and you dust yourself off and you try again. I went through some extreme sorrow and regret a few months ago of that dealing with the fallout, that big firework display of going from the top down to the bottom. But I've said before, I'm thankful for it because I wouldn't be here now. Another probably six months of me being behind the wheel of that truck being held unaccountable for the way I was behaving. I don't think the I don't think the damage would been able would have been able to be repaired. But there's hope. There's always hope. You're not done. We're not done until we're done. I just I just know my journey and where I was going and what I was doing better than you do. So, where are you? right now what are you doing right now when you pick up your phone and you hit that button on the side of your headset and so and so calls you up and that conversation starts leading to gossip and negativity and complaining and bitching and swearing and hostility do you feed into it do you go right along with it do you I mean think about it like the amount of people that would come after me in the trucking industry it was, it was just like, um, you ever see a pack of dogs? I've got three dogs. And if I see a dog go by my house when the dogs are all chained up in the front yard, Piper, the puppy, will show aggression. She'll run and charge the dog. And my other two dogs will do the same thing. One of them will start it, and all three of them will get in on it. Okay? Feeding off each other. Oh, this is what we're supposed to do. Let's go. Impulsive, knee-jerk, reactionary behavior. That happened in trucking. You know, people would get wind of me or start bitching about me. Next thing you know, they're all piled up and they're all having a good time. And then it all died out, just like everybody said it would. But, it, you know, every few weeks it rears its ugly head and somebody calls me up with some sort of horse shit, and that's fine. It's a good reminder for me. It keeps me grounded. 
But do you find yourself doing that? Do you find yourself being with a herd of dogs to where one person barks and then next thing you know you're barking too? Or a dog barks at you and you bark back? You see some dog shitting on the carpet, you go over there and do it too? How much time are you spending when you're out on the road saying, okay, let me dig deep into the things that, say my wife, you know, your wife, whatever, your wife or your husband, when they're, uh, when they're talking to you and they keep saying the same things over and over, you don't listen, you're angry all the time, you're this, you're that, we all have it. How much time have you spent saying, okay, he or she is right? Have you had a moment where you said he or she is right? I've heard this before from other people. People have told me I am this way from other people. So it's time maybe we should just sit in it. Settle down into it and say, I am this. They are right. Or they are onto something here. And kind of wrap your arms around a, the concept of saying, okay, if, if they are right, and I don't want to be that, what can I do to fix it? Do any of you do that? Do any of you, you know, look into the philosophy of what it is to be a man, to be a good, upstanding person, to be a person that people want to know, to be a person that motivates somebody to want to be, you know, they want to be like you? Do you, any of you do that? You know? How many people have met this guy? Man, I'm just a fucking asshole. Take it or leave it. That's just the way it is. I'm going to hurt your feelings. That's going to happen. You're just going to have to deal with it. You got to be thick skinned to be around me, son. You know that's not the way it's supposed to be. Somebody told that individual that. They learned that. They adapted to it at a very early age because it's a very, very easy dialogue or script to say to justify your mediocre behavior and actions that hands down I have a way of reacting that people don't like so what I'm going to do is I'm going to be unapologetic about being a not nice person now that I'm not saying to be some beta male pussy that lets people walk all over you I'm not saying that so don't get don't get me wrong you stand up for what you believe in but when, if you find yourself at odds with people all the time, there's a good possibility there's something wrong with you. You know, we were talking the other day about this one person, and he's just such a super nice guy, right? Super, super nice guy. And we said, you know, that guy is such a nice guy. If somebody were to come up to me bitching about him, I would hands down say, there is something wrong with you because nobody bitches about that guy. Well, I sit on the opposite side of the spectrum. So it's time for me to, to really start thinking. And since I've done that, I follow this one, this one page. It's called Alux, right? And I talked about it in my last podcast. And I said that it talks about high-level and low-value men and women, right? And I said in the last podcast, I was like, Jesus Christ, I, I, I am checking off all the boxes on this. How? How do I address this? 
And one of the things it said was, you can fix this. If you recognize it, that's the first step. If you admit to it, that is the first step. But one of the things it said was, get gone for six months. Disappear. Disappear for six months and work on you. Read. Read the greats. Understand philosophy. Dig into things like stoicism. Adaption to adversity. Do the work you have to do on you. And that's my next step. Um, my wife and I talked about this at massive length last night. And I'm, I'm getting away from all social networking. Still going to do the podcast. Still going to do the, the uh, you know, YouTube. And I'm still going to release content. Um, I'm still going to have this social networking stuff. But I absolutely, absolutely will not read, look at, or consume anybody else's content in any way, shape, or form when it comes to my peers, not reading comments, not reading messages, not reading anything. The people that have my cell number will have my cell number and they will be able to reach me and I will respond and I will talk to them. But I'm going into this deep, deep self-discovery slash a journey the rebuilding of who I am I am 46 I will be 47 in December I am tiptoeing up on 50 and if I don't get my health in check and my mind in check I am on the last block of this walk of my life my grandfather, he died at 62, 65 years old. 20 years of my life has gone by like a dream. I've been married to my wife for almost 10 now. And I remember 10 minutes ago, I asked her to marry me. You know, in, and in this almost decade of being married to, you, to her, I, I have this path of rubble and destruction and scars that I've inflicted upon her due to my unchecked behavior. Well, I'm not, I'm not giving up on my marriage and I'm not giving up on my hopes and dreams of my life of happiness and happiness with her. So it's either put up or shut up. It's either do what you got to do or you will get the results that go completely in line in conjunction with what you've received thus far. I'm going to, uh, I've made a commitment to myself to discover a new circle of friends um, that are not what I've uh, been involved with before. That's not saying I'm writing off my old friends, but it's, it's a massive change. It's a massive change that I'm actually releasing publicly to you guys. And the reason why is because some of you guys will be laughing about this. Some of you guys will be ignoring this. Some of you guys might have turned this off already. But I bet you there's at least one person listening to this that needs to do the same thing. 
And that's who this podcast is for. That's what this podcast has always been for. That one or five or ten or twenty or a hundred people that listen to this, that are walking along this rocky path that I'm walking on and looking for direction. With me having ADHD and me, you know, this obsessive disorder of mind where I, everything is excess, you know, when I was really, really heavy, food was excess. When I was drinking a lot, drinking was excess. Hell, cigars are in excess with me, you know, all the way down to women, you know, everything's dialed up to 20. Why? Why do I got to have it all in spite of the collateral damage and destruction that goes along with it? Well, we about to find out. We're going into the crucible. We're going into the Thunderdome. We're going to dig deep. Almost to the, like, monk-style level. And I will will document it vis-a-vis this podcast and YouTube. So stay with me on it. And just kind of uh, try to get something out of it doesn't mean you have to do everything that I'm doing doesn't mean you have to do anything that I'm doing the one thing that I'm asking you to do is if you're listening to this is at least ask yourself the questions that I'm asking myself and if you get the answer that you're satisfied with then God bless do your thing you know I uh, you know I've had multiple podcasts there's been some gaps between my podcast because you know little fun fact for you. I, I've done multiple ones, but when I, when I do a podcast, I, I let it sit for 24 hours and then I listen to it. And I notice that during some of these podcasts, I pour myself one glass of scotch and then it turns into two glasses of scotch. And then next thing you know, by the end of the podcast, I'm like, fuck you and fuck this. Go fuck yourself and fuck, fuckity, fuck, fuck, fuck. Right. And listen, I'm like, that's not what I want to do here. <sighs> I think I've said that before. I just, it's not where we're going. This doesn't help anybody. This is supposed to be something that, that, that leaves something good behind. Not, not a, a platform for me to rant. And I'm not going to do that. It's, it's not the person I want to be. I've had so many people send me messages on, you should do this and you should do that. Your podcast should be more funny. You should talk about this. You know, I had somebody talk recently, send me a message recently, you know, that your next podcast, you should do something and talk about, you know, the safety of, of women getting in and out of their trucks at night. Well, I don't know anything about what it's like as a woman to get out of a truck at night, but I'm, I'm relatively certain based upon the men that I've been around and the man that I used to be, I would be very careful getting out of your truck at night. Because like I stated earlier, what happens to a man when he's out on the road, hasn't had physical contact in a year, from a month to a year to sometimes five years. That's how some of these guys justify paying some lot lizard 20 bucks that you wouldn't 
You wouldn't let her drink out of your water water bottle, but you'll you'll sleep with her. Fulfilling that that void of intimacy with a with garbage. You know, when I was out on the road, I heard this thing, and it was so true. And it was, if you were walking down the street, and you had a thousand dollars in cash in your pocket, and you saw a five dollar bill on the sidewalk, would you pick it up? Yeah. A lot of you would. Anybody would. Now, if you're walking down the street and you had a thousand dollars in your pocket and you saw that five dollar bill on the sidewalk, would you pick it up if it meant losing that thousand dollars that was in your pocket? Good people wouldn't. Smart people wouldn't. However, yours truly was running around forgetting that he had a thousand dollars in his pocket and I was picking up one dollar bills everywhere. Yeah. Lot lizards, no. But women that couldn't hold a candle to my wife. You talk about floating around in the abyss. I can't tell you how many times I was in that truck and I felt like I was in the middle of the ocean clinging to the world's smallest chunk of driftwood waiting to drown knowing with absolute certainty that that was that was going to be my my destiny drowning driving around in that truck with this mindset of is this it is this all there is? Absolute sadness and this human being that I am rotting inside this big, beautiful truck. My life was no different than that woman that wears a bunch of makeup and has the fake tits and is, wears all the Gucci everything and she's top to toe beautiful. But when she takes that makeup off, and I think you've all seen this lady on TikTok, when she takes all the makeup off and takes the fake teeth out, she is a horror show. The inside of that beautiful Peterbilt was a living hell. And now I'm tasked with putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. And I hope maybe somebody can get something out of this to where they initiate that process as well. So, guys, it's going to be a short podcast today. That's all I got. I wanted to share this with you. Give you guys a heads up on the new evolution of the direction where we're going, which is constantly evolving. I appreciate all of you that stay with me and listen to the podcast and support me in the words of encouragement that I get once these are released. And all the new subscribers that I'm seeing, it's truly, truly the air in my lungs at times. So, I hope this finds you all happy, healthy, loving, and living life. And old Bonnie and I will be seeing you around. Giddy up.